Welcome to Heritage Tree, where we talk about heritage care and development for people and organizations. And now to our host, Dr. Dina Michelle Roscoe. So you need faith to have justice, to have the kind of justice that envisions a future that knows that underneath that star, there's a person who will make it right, that there's going to be a solution to this problem, and we're going to put in the work to arrive there. So God shows the shepherd. He tells the shepherds, the people who are despised, he delivers a message to them. In the daytime, when it's convenient? No, in the middle of the night, when they're asleep, when they probably had a long day, chasing after all those haphazard sheep. So what does God say in this message? Does he say as King David, finishing up Psalm 139, verse 17 to 19, Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Did the angel say that? Sometimes I wish they did. But what would that be but more of a continuation, as my grandmother used to say, Same song, second verse, continued on the next page. More of what we see in the world. Sounds like justice to me. Yet, when we read in the book of Matthew of Jesus, when he says, Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. Reading through the older scriptures, that sounds so much more desirable. You read the phrase often in the accounts of war that the land had rest from war, and the land had rest from war, and then it started again, and the land had rest from war. This is the disruption. This is the trauma. The trauma of generations, the working of generations. And I'm so sorry. That's not what the Lord said. He had the angels say, peace on earth. Goodwill toward all people upon whom the favor of God rests. The favor of God is our Father, our Heavenly Father who protects us, and a nurturing mother who gathers us as chicks under the wings of a hen. This gathering that God promised in our future one day when He does return on a day of justice that will be a day of giving back life, of giving us a payment in full, of not wasting any tear plus interest of giving us our portions back and of giving us our people back, that he will gather us together. This is in what we hope God begets us as his children and our identity as children of God encourages us to childlike faith. The imagination of a child that takes us out of that sympathetic trauma and puts us in that parasympathetic wonder, that wonder and worship, that wonder and joy and laughter, that lightness of spirit that we once had, we can have again, and we can have it in holding out hope. As my mama says, God doesn't waste anything. He will work things back together in his own timing, in his own miraculous, perfect way. 
including the plight of generations. Jesus told his disciples to welcome the children, to not suffer them, to not hinder them from coming to God. This goes in all manner of things in this world. He also promised to carry us, those of us who make it to old age, that he would carry us and be there for us then. He is that arc of a rainbow from all generations. He doesn't miss or waste anything. He will connect. He will bring all things back together. So we need not give notoriety to those things or people who stole. Though we have been emptied, we are not empty. Filled with the Holy Spirit, King David was, that he could say, show an example, demonstrate, illustrate to us a format almost, not a formula, but a way to respond, to lament our grief and then turn it into a praise, turn it into a hope, turn it into a wish. The notoriety goes to him, to the love, to the person. A childhood pastor once told me the best way to honor someone is to continue in their example. Example of my mother, of her warm faith and her prayers. Example of my father, of his devotional life, his dedication to pray and his commitment to evangelism. The example of my son and his delightful, persistent play and wonder, his enthusiasm and positivity that is so steady in the day, steadily happy more so than we are as adults in his life. My 14-hour day baby, always ready to smile or give a helping hand. Let me help you with that, he says. The anticipatory grief, the grief of the losses that we never want to ever face, don't even want to say this sermon. I don't want to give it to myself one day. But as my mom reminded me tonight, she said, it will be all right. Everything will be okay. She said this to me more than once. Even in the times that we are in, one day we know it will be okay. Maybe not today or for a while. This also a call, maybe not to endurance, but just to hope. Hope in a pause. The power of grace, of courage and tenderness and love to just show up, to be here in this way, to be here in this moment, the way we are, the way we walk, the way we love, the courage to grieve. Jesus was a man of sorrows. You would think, Son of God loves pure light. You would think, Son of God, and array the person, the emissary of God, the personification, the embodiment of God himself in the flesh would have been more noble. And yet his identifying characteristic was his compassion. His compassion motivated his faith to action. And his faith to action brought healing. It brought comfort. It restored. It brought restoration. It brought joy. It brought peace. And it only offended those who didn't understand it. Who mistook the identification and who mistook a relationship with God of being people with God as conquest? So when we honor someone, what was it that stood out to you and them? I hear many stories and I know the traits that I value and love in the people in my own life. The beauty and light to behold, to give to them the notoriety that was stolen from them. This too is an act of grace a de- intentional, dedicated, determined, committed way to reclaim, to redeem. This is an act of redemption. God's gospel brings so many ways 
in even the tiniest moments, even if it's shattered, of being shattered, of redeeming those pieces. Remember when God put Moses in the cleft of the rock, wouldn't even let him turn around, put his hand on his back, put him in the cleft of the rock, so he couldn't see his glory shining by. It would be too much for him. There's an old hymn about that. He hideth me there in the cleft of the rock and covers me with his hand. So much in this life, in this world, seems worthy of hiding, for we need the safety. We need the safety of God having our back, of a place to go, even if it's a slot and a wall. In our desperate hours, God of mercy does not despise a contrite heart, a broken spirit. He draws near. This is his redemptive work to pick up the pieces of our lives and put them back together. So what is that for the rest of us who are watching on? Maybe we're not in the innermost circle, but we're out a few. How can we support those inside, seeming in a more challenging, pressing, or vulnerable situation? We can tell stories about the person we love. We can give hope of what we know, of how we came through a hard time. We can share what the Lord has done for us. We can serve in more quiet ways. We can respect wishes for safety. We cannot take offense. My mom has an amazing way of doing that. When I had my baby, she came to my house every week and swept the floors. And there was something just so incredibly peaceful hearing that broom because it was her presence that was there filling my house. It seems in some ways that things happen at once, but sometimes they're more peaceful too. She would fold the laundry that had been piling up for the whole week. And with a newborn, I just didn't get to. Small, quiet, peaceful, simple ways that lifted the burden. This was a good time in our life, a happy time, but there were little challenges and crises and disruptions in it that were unnecessary and didn't have to be. My parents showed forgiveness and grace, and they still showed up. They answered our calls. They prayed for us, forgave. They came by, and sometimes we were the ones that showed grace. That's how you continue. Grace is a slow and persistent work. It ebbs and flows. Heritage care builds back those margins. It builds back those margins in any way, in subtle ways that when that person's gone, you truly miss. In the gospel, we read the solidarity of Jesus, the embodiment of grace who suffered as we do, and he will not let go to waste. He says to not let your heart be troubled in John chapter 14. He knew what he was heading into in the world we would be in. In John 17, he'd ask God to protect us from the evil one. He said, let them be united. The solidarity of the gospel of someone who would suffer with us and in his compassion avail himself to help, to show up. My mom often encouraged me to not be so methodical to, in my introverted personality, sometimes just give from the heart. And this requires the courage. It really does to put yourself out there and offer something that may or may not be what is needed, that may or may not work out or be received, 
but the love of just showing up and trying. The leaves that float along the river, there's a greater depth to what's going on. And all I can say is we look for childlike faith in those moments. Compassion, not contempt. Community, not conquest. Caring, not control. Forgiveness, not bitterness. Healing, not revenge. Generosity, not violence. Deliverance, not enslavement or oppression. Freedom, not oppression. Integration, not ostracism. Access, acceptance, not denial. Validation, not dismissiveness. Solutions, not arguing. Negotiation, not aggression. Honor to those do them, not humiliation, not bringing people low. Safety, not harm. Giving, not stealing. Receiving, not hoarding or pushing away. Because we know love when it's received, not just when it's given. Surely the scriptures say, blessed is the one who gives, that you will be refreshed. But there's a love that we know when it's received. Being held and holding, not distance. Trust, not despair. Trust in despair. And justice, not deceit. And I will say something that's a challenge for me. Being interruptible. Being disruptible. Having your plans change. Being willing to be in the moment not fretting about the future or living in resentments or sorrows completely in the past. And then the real work of grief stays with you every day. So it's not all or nothing, but a willingness to let a person interrupt you. One gift that grief gives is showing what matters to us. And by that, hopefully we can learn how to better cherish every moment and person God brings in our lives. And maybe sometimes that means even ourselves. Forgiving those who have wronged us, that that one error, does that summarize their whole life? Certainly for King David, he did not put Joab on his list of mighty men. He put Uriah the Hittite, the man that he murdered. What else could he do? That was his only way to show his repentance. Just like faith, repentance is a work and it shows action. And we need both for justice. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, tip us at the link below. And inquire, subscribe, and shop our merchandise label of Heritage Tree and Heritage at dinamichellerosco.com and dogwoodgroup.io. Come back again when we gather around the heritage tree.